Hello and welcome to the Talking Ship Podcast. I am Tyler Brown. What a week it's been. I've been really busy this week. I'm actually recording this on, on the Monday it's meant to be going out, so I'm, I don't know how long this is going to be because I don't want to go over. I normally want to get out by about three o'clock. It's currently um, half twelve, so I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to go over, but I think we'll have enough time to get a good podcast in today. Uh, what I want to talk about really this week is the UFC. It's on Saturday, um, UFC 251, with uh, it was Jorge Masvidal v Kamar Usman. And well, let's talk about the main event itself, actually, because I thought it was a bit. I thought basically it was go the way of most Kamar Usman's fights, uh, minus the. Uh, Kobe Covington fight because that was quite entertaining um but I knew it would kind of go for that I'd say that Tyron Woodley fight that they had at 235 where it was just a clinch fest and I think and that's exactly what this fight was it was a clinch fest and a toe strike fest and a um strike to the stomach fest and it, there wasn't much sub- substance I think the f- most exciting bit of the fight for me was when um <laughs> when Jorge got took down in the first round. That was probably the most exciting part of that fight. And I'm not, you know, I'm not insulting them because I couldn't go in there and do it. But I just think it lacked it lacked anything, really. It was just what... I think it was what we thought it would be. I didn't expect a Jorge win. I don't think many people did. Um, and that's really down to a six-day notice. I mean, he was going in there on a six-day notice, but he was apparently in the discussion before... Uh, Gilbert Burns was, so he was training um, a couple of days. He was training before uh, Gilbert got the fight, and then Gilbert got the fight, so he stopped training. So he did get enough, I'd say he got enough training to go in, and he made weight, which I was actually shocked with. And I was getting nervous about him making weight, because um, he was eating pizza like the day before the weigh-in. I was thinking, well, I don't know what you're up to, lad. Um, But yeah, so I was just thinking, this fight, it is what it is. I wasn't angry at it at all. I don't really, I don't, I've never been frustrated, really, with a fight, um, except when it comes to the judges' decisions. And, you know, talking about judges' decisions, I sound like I have a lisp, I probably do. Talking about judges' decisions, I can't say the word. Um, uh, Max Holloway and, um, God, how could I forget the guy? The featherweight champ. I, I apologise to him. Volkolovsky, there you go, Um, so they had a good fight, I think it was my favourite fight probably of the night, Um, I'm sure there's a prelim bout in there somewhere, but I don't like counting them really, so there's probably a prelim bout in there that was really good, but I forget, I wasn't really watching the prelims much, paying attention, it was more on my phone, Um, but yeah, Volkolovsky and Holloway was probably the best fight of the night, because... I do think Holloway, I wouldn't say dominated, but I think he found his spot, he found his, his, you know, places to throw his strikes. He got in the pocket, he, you know, he did, from a striking standpoint, was very good. And I think Wolfkowski uh, did well with his leg kicks, and, you know, in those final two rounds, I'd say he, he got a bit back on track. But those first three rounds, for me, were complete Holloway. Um, so I, I said this in my... um. Instagram because I did a breakdown of the of the event. I'd give it three three one to Holloway, or maybe if we're being kind, three two to Holloway. 
Um, but obviously the judges didn't agree with that, and they gave they gave the win to uh, Volkolovsky, and you know, I don't agree with it at all, and I do think there should be another rematch, do a trilogy. I don't know if it should happen right now. Maybe, you know, give Volkolovsky another opponent, but I do think there needs to be a trilogy somewhere down the line. Um, as long as Volkolovsky has the belt, I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I'm sure, but you know, um, as long as he has the belt, I'm fine with him. Fine for a trilogy. I mean, if he put him in another fight and he lost the belt as you know, one of those top contenders, uh, I don't think there's a need for the trilogy because I think the trilogy kind of, for me at least, revolves around that belt. I mean, the second fight was all about the featherweight championship. It was about, um, yes, featherweight. Yes, I'm saying that right. It's all about the featherweight championship, and Holloway was going in to win it back. So if they do a trilogy and the belt's not on the line, or Volkolovsky loses it to someone, I don't think there should be one. But I think as long as he has the belt, put the trilogy in. Um, definitely, definitely. Uh, let's talk about uh, one of the other fights that I paid attention to. Uh, Aldo and what's the other fella? Oh, Aldo and Yang. Yang, Yang. Fucking Yan. Um, that was a interesting fight. I thought Yan pretty much took all the rounds. But I would have to say Aldo did great when it came to surviving. I mean, and that's what the fight was. It was Aldo surviving. I didn't, you know, I didn't see Aldo winning. And I did predict a TKO victory. So, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I think Aldo did okay and I think it's sometimes he found his groove and sometimes he couldn't and then in the end he just went down and he got really just beaten on for about two minutes before the referee even stopped the fight which I mean I've heard some people saying it should have been a stoppage shouldn't have not been but you have to say while Jan was putting strikes and some of them were pretty heavy Aldo didn't you know he didn't Aldo didn't seem like he was about to die from these strikes he was kind of just in a cradle position. I mean, he wasn't defending himself. He was head down in the mat, like he was putting his head in the sand. But still, I think I agree with the referee. I think it, you know, let them go as long as you need to go. I mean, this is this was for the, the the championship. This is the big one, and I mean, it's probably one of Aldo's final fights if he decides to retire soon, sooner or later. And I'm I'm gonna say it now. Probably Aldo's last shot ever at, at a championship on. You know, bantamweight or otherwise, definitely his last shot at at the belt. I just, I just can't see him. I can't see a point to to coming back and then fighting in another. You can't fight in another division. I mean, that would that would just be breaking the rankings now if he started fighting in other divisions um, for belts when he hasn't even you know done anything. And I respect Aldo as a hell. Uh, I think for casual audience, and I don't like using the word casual, but I'll just use it here because I like I'm a walking contradiction. Um, for a casual audience to see Aldo, they probably see him as the guy that Conor McGregor knocked out in 13 seconds back in 2015, and that isn't what Aldo is really. I mean, he was undefeated for 10 years in that spate from 2005 to 2015. You know, he was a former um, champion in the WEC, and obviously. Uh, champion in UFC, um, and then lost it to McGregor. But you have to remember that 10-year spate of undefeated, uh, one of the best fighters probably in the UFC at the time, in those 10 years, really. Um, 
but you know had some great defenses against the likes of Frankie Edgar, you know. Um, but he's always going to be remembered for that time he got knocked out by Conor McGregor. I don't know if they're going to remember him from the time he lost to Peter Yang for the bantamweight championship. I think I keep saying Yang, Peter Yang for the champ, uh, bantamweight championship, but. I mean, this is a pretty devastating loss on a big stage as well. You know, a lot of people are going to buy the pay per view on you know wherever you buy it. If you're in America, it's the ESPN Plus or whatever. Here it's BT. Or just stream it illegally. Yeah, do that. Um, this was a big stage, especially when Masvidal's on the card. I mean, you're going to make some good money. You know, with a win or not, really. I think Masvidal is just below McGregor when it comes to pushing the cards. So. I think Masvidal, this won't look good to, I don't think the casual audience will look at this loss to Usman and say, this is going to ruin his career. I think it'll be a, oh, that was a bad loss and it's going to slow him down a bit, but it won't ruin his career. Masvidal, I mean, you saw his record when Bruce Buffer read it out. The amount of fights that were on there, what was it, 33 wins, 13 losses or something like that? He's done so many fights, it's insane. Um... And he's, he's famous from, obviously, those uh, those brawls on the streets, those street brawls, like Kimbo Slice. Um, but he's also famous, the Ben Askren thing, I don't think he'll ever get away from. Because they were showing the uh, UFC 4 trailer, which I will not be buying UFC 4, because it looks a bit, it just looks like UFC 3. Um, they were showing the UFC 4 trailer, and all you saw was... Ben Askren getting kneed in the face, the running knee, the famous running knee, probably, I'd say my favourite knockout in the sport, yeah, probably, I I mean, I like the um, Anderson Silla, uh, uh, Anderson Silla, that's his, girl, his sister, I can't talk today, and I don't know why I'm doing a podcast, but I'm doing it, Anderson Silva's uh, teep kick was fucking amazing, that he did to Vitor Belfort and others, uh, what's another good knockout? Heavyweights always have good knockouts, don't they? Heavyweights are always on it. I can't think of one right now, but I'll get back to you on that one. But yeah, I think definitely um, Jorge Masvidal won't get hurt by this. I think this is just, you know, it's what it is, really. It's just going to stop him. But when you've gone on a card with Nate Diaz, which is probably, he's put, listen, top three for me still, Nate Diaz, Masvidal, and McGregor when it comes to pushing sales. Um, and I used to be a big McGregor fan, right? I used to be a big, big McGregor fan, but I lost some kind of respect. I mean, when, you know, you can't not watch a McGregor fight whether you are, you know, someone that doesn't watch UFC normally and pops it on because McGregor's on. Um, or you just, you know, you watch UFC. I mean, many people hate McGregor, many people love him. I hated him for... I'd say I didn't like him between the years of, well, when he lost to uh, Khabib and then he just went kind of silent for those, for that year and a half. I just was like, no, well, not a year and a half, but about a year. And I was just like, no, this is mental. You should be getting back in. But McGregor's always been, I mean, from when he came to the UFC in 2013, he was constantly on on the ball, constantly showing up. He'd fight anyone. That was that was his reputation. Um, until he got he got an injury to his ACL, I believe, in twenty fourteen. No, injury to an 
ACL, I believe in his third fight or second fight. Uh, it might have been the one with Max Holloway. I don't remember. And he got an injury and then he came back in 2014 and then he went on just a killer streak and that's when he, you know, headlined Dublin, which seems small now, but imagine just back then. Um, he did the Dublin card. Uh, he beat uh, he beat Mendez to win the Interman belt and then he went on to beat Aldo and then he wanted to go up to a division. He beat Nate. Uh, well, he lost to Nate, but then he beat Nate, which just was like mental. And then he beat Alvarez. So it's obvious that probably the best year of McGregor was 2016. Three fights, three big headline fights, the two Nate Diaz fights, and then the Eddie Alvarez, you know, two two belts. Um, but since then, really, McGregor's fallen off. And then he returned, obviously, in January this year with the Cowboy fight. And that was just absolute bedlam. Killed him. He killed Cowboy. Uh, but then he's gone silent and then... He's apparently retired, which I don't believe. I've never, I've never believed in McGregor retirement. I I think when he's eighty, he'll still be fighting. You know, I don't think he wants to. There's no need for McGregor to retire because he, his alcohol is a proper twelve. It's proper twelve whiskey. It's proper twelve whiskey. Uh, is it that popular? I I remember. Um, you know, after he punched the old man in the bar. Uh. All the videos of uh, people just pouring proper twelve down the uh, toilet, and that's amazing. Imagine that, because he was advertising the hell out of that for for the well, the Khabib fight was mental. The amount of proper twelve advertisements that we saw, absolute mental. I mean, everywhere proper twelve even offered Khabib some proper twelve. It was proper 12 this, proper 12 that. Could be even McGregor, proper 12, proper 12, proper 12. Oh, someone's jumped the cage and people are getting beat up. That was the, that was the McGregor and Khabib fight. But Khabib's, his father, Khabib's father passed away. And I don't know when Khabib's really going to return. I think, he, you know, he has to take some time off after that. When you lose your father in that kind of way. So didn't he, some coma. I don't know what it was really. I didn't really look into it. He passed away, uh, so I don't know how much time Khabib's going to take off. I think he should take a bit of time, definitely a bit of time, to himself. Uh, when was the last time Khabib fought? Was it Poirier in September? Yes, I think so, yeah. Because he was meant to fight Ferguson, wasn't he? And that never happened. Yeah, so it would have been September in one of the international cards. So September he fought last and obviously this pandemic, he can't get out of Russia. I'm sure he can get out now. And um, he's meant to fight Gaethje, which they said would be in the summer to fall. I expect that probably in September. Uh, but, I, well, I expected it in September. But now with, um, now with Khabib's father passing away, he's going to take some time to grieve, isn't he? So I don't know when or what's going to happen there with that fight going on for September. Uh, but, well, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to UFC uh, matters, the big one that I'm excited for this kind of summer month, well, it's in August, my birthday, August 17th. Get me presents, you cunts. Um, but it's in August, on August 15th, big heavyweight matchup. Uh, Sipe Miocic v Daniel Cormier, the trilogy fight that I've been wanting since last year, um, since their second fight. And... 
I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. I see a Stipe victory. I see a Stipe victory. I'm going to say it now. I definitely see a Stipe victory. But Cormier's always shocked me. I didn't see Cormier winning the first fight. Uh, but he slipped in that little strike in the, in the uh, clinch. And down went Mirtic hard. Uh, but what I've seen with... Um, with Cormier is he does have his weaknesses and people find them. His weakness in the the fight with Mirtich in the second fight was that the body strikes, the body shots to deliver, and he went down. Uh, another weakness was the head kick from Jones in the second fight that they had. So really, if Cormier can keep those weaknesses hidden or can just uh, keep them at bay. I think we could see a Cormier victory. But for me right now, it's definitely Stipe. Definitely Stipe. And he's... Stipe is probably my favourite heavyweight. But I've... Mm, is he? I'm all, I've loved, you know, I love Randy Couture, but he was more of a lightweight, and then he went into heavyweight later on. So Randy Couture has always been a favourite of mine. But I'd have to say right now, Stipe. Because he's, he's been better. No one, I don't think no one's, no one's been better than Stipe. I think with the heavyweights, though, it's always been down to entertainment. There's never been that much depth to the heavyweights for me. I mean, in the UFC, at least. But in Pride, who remembers that? Pride. There was so, many, so much depth, you know. Crow Cop, uh, Fedor, of course. There's a lot of depth to those divisions. And then... Uh, in the UFC, in that kind of pride time, what did you get? You got Tim Sylvia. Who remembers him? Because I don't. Um, so yeah, Tim Sylvia holding the heavyweight strap, and then Randy Couture came in and took it. Uh, so basically, Stipe is the greatest heavyweight from an accolade standpoint, um, from success standpoint, and I think he's broken to the mainstream very well. My favorite heavyweight, actually, you know what? My favorite heavyweight is Mark Hunt, and you know. I'm not saying my, you know what, Mark Hunt. Um, <laughs> oh, great. I'm already, you know, going for the innuendo. But, yes, Mark Hunt, entertaining as hell. He's a short little guy like me, a fat guy like me. No offence to Mark Hunt, uh, but powerful. Very, very powerful. He has some great fights. You know, you'll find them anywhere. The ones with, um, was it Bigfoot? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember every UFC fight. I can just kind of pull, I pull names from my memory and say, have those two faced? Yep. So basically, yeah. So Mark Hunt, best best heavyweight in in the world for me. From a no, what am I saying? He's my favorite heavyweight, <laughs> but Miatic isn't um, the greatest of all time in, for the heavyweights. See, this is why the UFC should hire me. I can talk nineteen minutes about UFC, and many people have probably gone. What is UFC? I need to, I need to do the plants in the garden. Um, talking of gardening, that's all I've been doing all week. The garden, you know. It's annoying as hell. I hate doing the garden. Um, which makes me sound like an old man, doesn't it? I did the garden. But I do hate the garden. And it wasn't my garden, it was my uh, grandma's garden. Which is even worse, doing someone else's garden. It's just, can't you get someone in? That's what I always think. Can't you get someone in to do that? But no, 
I mean, it's it's fun to go over there and do the garden, but it's also annoying because yeah, that garden, my grandma's garden, has been done in years, right? Done it in years, but it's always been kept good, right? It's always been, it's always looked somewhat nice, but hasn't been done proper. Proper job hasn't been done in, I'd say, since she bought that house 25 years ago. A proper job hasn't been done. She kept it as good as she could, I guess, up to that point, but she hasn't, you know, gone in and kept the garden as you should, which is fair enough. Um, so that's what I had to do all uh, week, basically. And that's why I couldn't really record this podcast, because I never got any free time this week, which is a shame. Normally I'm a lazy sod uh, when it comes to this, um, when it comes to a week off. Normally I'm a lazy sod that just watches TV and does podcasts and writes reviews. Uh, but this week I've been gardening, I've been getting dirty, hands down in the ground. Um, just doing what you need to do, you know? Just just get my way through life. Didn't get paid, once again. I don't get paid for any of the jobs I do when it comes to gardening, podcasting or writing reviews, which I should be getting money. Um... So if anyone wants to just send over a bit of cash, uh, I'm always here. Always willing to take some free money. Well, it's not free. I've been working hard. You know. I haven't, you know, I'm not a police officer. I haven't been getting... I haven't been getting my hands dirty in the world when it comes to physical action. But from a mental standpoint, you know, it's as, you know, hands in as you can get. It's been for a war. You know what I mean? (laughs) Watching... Watching Pixar movies and reviewing them, that is war to me. <laughs> I'll do good in World War Three if it's going to happen, which seemingly it is. China are going, oi, America, cut it out. And then now the Koreans are going to us, oi, Britain, cut it out. And Trump's going, no, I'm not going to cut it out. And Boris just does what Boris does, which is basically... Skirts around any question he gets, but I'm sure it's hard to run a country. I'm sure it is, but from a political standpoint, I know nothing, and therefore I will not really. I can only make comedy out of it. I can't talk seriously about any political matter because that would just be making myself look stupid, and also taking this podcast down with me, which I don't want to do. We're only on the fourth episode, and we don't want it already going down. But yeah, politics has never been a strong suit to me, or for me, because I just never got into it. I never really watched the news, I just can't be bothered, uh, because everything on the news is negativity. It's always just, oh, someone's drowned. Oh, another plane has been declared missing. It's just sad shit all the time. You never hear good stuff on the news, unless it's one of those morning kind of talk shows where they talk some news out the this morning sun, you know what I mean? Like, what's that? This morning? With Holly Willoughby and the, uh, the gay fella? What's his name? I actually, I actually forget. Philip Schofield, that's it. Yeah, this morning. That's like the, that's the only bit of good news you get if they ever read any news out. I hate morning shows like that, though. And I'll tell you why. It's because they always get weirdos on. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get... Some people on to talk some matters, some proper matters like Good Morning Britain, which I also hate because it's just arguing. Um, gets people on to talk about you know gun crime, 
and all of that, you know. Imagine waking up to that at 7 in the morning to gun crime. Or, like, should we allow our kids on the streets with knives, you know. Simple matters that should have really an answer already, but no one can agree on anything, seemingly. Um, but, yeah, this morning and stuff I don't like because they get, like, the cat lady on, don't they? They get the... I saw one that had the... um. This woman believed her her doll was possessed or something. It's just, you know, the absolute scunge of the earth that they can get that that will do anything to get on the news. Do you think there's possessed dolls? I don't believe in any of that. A lot of people are always into the ghost stuff and all of that kind of, like, theories. Um, I don't like calling conspiracy... I don't like saying the word conspiracy theory because it kind of... That takes down any validity of it. So I like to just say theory. Um, and I just don't think... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, ghosts. I've just... There's no proof for ghosts, at least in my mind, that has any validity. And I've I've looked enough into it without exploding my brain. So maybe, you know, if someone wants to DM me on Instagram with some ghost facts, you're very willing to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I won't read them. I'll read the bit that shows up but without actually having to click on the message. But if it's not a short one and not everything shows up in that bit, um, trust me, I won't be reading it. But if you want to send it in, go ahead. I don't, I don't get the ghost theory. I don't get where the ghost thing came from. I just I don't know who came up with the idea of ghosts. I mean, I need to look into it more. Who was the first person to to use the word ghost or even come up with an idea of a kind of spectre or ghost? Um, because I don't know. I It's definitely a cult. Definitely a cult. There's always the cults that believe in all that crap about ghosts and... Oh, oh Lynn, the old dead lady from upstairs went in my fanny last night. Not like that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's all just rubbish, I think. But, you know, I'm open to... I've, I've always been open to any theories. And I I want to save kind of my conspiracy theories for, for another episode of this podcast because it needs a full-on, you know, full-on 38 minutes just on conspiracy theories because I can get into it deep. Uh, so I'll save that um, probably for a podcast with somebody because I want, uh, you know, a proper discussion of it. Uh, so if anyone wants to talk about conspiracy theories and you're not a mentalist, you know, come on. Um but yeah, I'll probably save that conspiracy theory thing for another episode. I realised last week I didn't do uh, my advice segment. And because I was just talking about the uh, social media thing. And it's funny, I just... With the uh, election coming up for America, the opinions on social media seemingly keep on getting stronger. Um when it comes from a political standpoint. And I don't think people should be attacked for their political views unless they're, you know, unless they're harmful views. But then who are we to say what is harmful and what's not, you know? I think a lot of people are getting attacked. You know, if you like Trump, you're getting attacked. If you don't like Trump, you're getting attacked. Why just shut up? Just vote when you have to vote. You know what I mean? When you when you have to go in there and vote, you, you Americans listening, if there's an American listening... 
When you have to vote, go in there and vote. Don't talk about them until then. Keep your views to yourself and get on with it. You know, unless you have been asked for your view, shut your mouth. And also, don't put your views on social media. What's the point of that? Because it's never from an educational standpoint when it comes to anything political. I, you know, some people are cordial and might put up something educational. And I put that in speech marks, educational. But most of the time, it's just an, an attack. You know, people put up Trump stuff or people put up any political stuff. And it insults people from other parties and all of that. And I think it's stupid. I think it's just, we're all human beings. Just get on with it. You know, if you're not harming anyone with your, with your views, if you're not a Nazi, I think just, you know, keep your, keep you know, no politic is wrong, really. I think both sides have their own viewpoints, and I think that's fine. We need different viewpoints. You can't attack people for that. Can you? I mean, I'm not a Trump fan, and I will you know, he's not my cup of tea, but I wouldn't attack another Trump supporter, you know what I mean? Because that's, what's the point? And also, as an English person, or well, Irish, but, you know, living in England, I I don't have a proper standpoint. I just pop on the BBC, and I listen to what the BBC says. And if the BBC are, you know, slagging them off, I'll probably be in a slag-off Trump mood. If they're giving them praise, which I don't see people doing very much on the news, then I'll probably be like, oh, Trump's all right. I know nothing about politics, but I do know that you can't attack people for the political views. That's all I know about politics. So keep your keep your views to yourself, <laughs> unless it's on a podcast, and then talk about it and give it to the world, like me, my walking contradicting self. Um, I mean, I can go so deep on politics, but I just I don't have the brain to talk about it. Um, I can get someone in that actually does have the brain to talk about it. I'll look for some scholars on the internet and invite them onto a podcast to talk about some some politics, talk about the former apprentice Trump and how he's running America. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Trump 2020, people. <laughs> See, that'll get taken out of context. If I, if I ever got into a, a role in society where I'm an influencer, they'll go back to this podcast and they'll hear that I said Trump 2020 and they'll go mental. And I want to just say this now and state this. I am not a Trump supporter and I'm not a Trump hater. I am just Trump himself. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, should we do an advice segment? I don't know. I might keep it for next week. You know, I'll keep the, I'll keep the advice for next week. We'll do an advice segment then. Uh, this is a shorter podcast because I'm getting worried about not being able to make the time for three o'clock. So um, I'll just end it here then. Uh what do I have to say? Oh, I have to plug stuff, don't I? I always have to plug stuff. I want a podcast with these people. Um, I want a podcast with Tom Manning and Aidan Robinson. It's called Eight Wheels Per Legs. It's a comedy podcast. Uh, much more light than this. They don't talk about Trump. Well, sometimes we do in the earlier episodes. Uh, episodes? I sound like fucking... My voice is going today. In the earlier episodes of the Eight Wheels Per Legs podcast, there was some mention of, you know, Theresa May. Remember her? And obviously Trump, um, but more from a comedy standpoint, we weren't getting political because they don't have a political, you know, standpoint. And I don't think they have the ideas of, I don't know, I don't think they have the brain to understand politics, much like me. So it doesn't get very political, it gets more of a comedy standpoint to that. 
Uh, so there you go. Eight worlds per legs available. Hit there on Spotify if you want to go there. Many people have Spotify. So that's why I always advertise Spotify. Spotify. It's there. Uh, follow it. Follow the podcast so you know when it comes out. Follow this podcast. Uh, also, I want a po- Star Wars podcast if that's your thing. It's called Master and Apprentices with Louis Gilbert, who I'm going to get on this podcast. Louis Gilbert will probably be my first guest on this podcast. We're going to put something together and uh, Louis will come on and we'll talk probably about some space theories. I think if there's any man to talk theories about, it'll probably be Louis Gilbert. So that's what we'll do. Um, as you can tell, I'm messing up words. I said Gilbert. I might have said Gilbert, but you wouldn't have heard it because my mouth is extremely dry and I need a drink, but I don't want to drink here on the podcast, so I'll drink after it. Um, so that's it. Uh, see you next week. Isn't that a, a great outro? No, I'll do a proper one. I was Tyler Brown, and I will see you next week. See you next week.